0: Like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking
1: contest over the top. Sheep, break great breath. Across the ground. Bam! In comes Donnie Wurfle. Got it out to a Kicks Kick it. Check Hunter. Who would have
2: thought the sequel would be just as good as the original.
1: Kicks inside 50. McGovern. McGovern. What a player to be in perfect years. the premiers of 1992 the 1994 premiers premiers the 2006 the 2018 AFL premiership team the West Coast Eagles
0: Good everyone welcome to the Big Footy Eagles podcast for another week a triumphant week for the West Coast Eagles they're in the books they're on the board the Eagles had a win ladies and gentlemen we're talking all things Collingwood recap we're talking injury news we're talking Sydney Swans coming up on Good Friday. Just the one episode this week as well, so we'll uh, we'll try and get quite a lot into this episode today. Honey Badger thirty five here. I'm joined by Miguel Sanchez. I am joined by Keys as well. And uh, gents, we'll do some plugs off the top. We're on Twitter at wcbf pod. We're on Facebook. We're on Spotify. We're on podcasts. And Miguel Sanchez, we are on the winners list. The Eagles got a victory in round four.
1: Girls stunned.
0: There it, there is. it is.
1: Stunned, chess. Um, yeah, couldn't believe that. I think I picked us by what, about five goals. I uh, picked us to lose by about five goals, and yep. I thought that was optimistic. I thought we were no chance. Um, and even during that game, I you know when we were sort of holding up the damn wall in the third quarter, I thought, you know, God, you know at some point this is going to break, and uh, Collingwood will just run over the top of us. And I know their fitness hasn't been great, but you know, we were playing a bunch of kids and guys that had come back from, um, from health and safety protocols and um, yeah, some guys that were a bit underdone and yeah, I just thought it was uh, eventually that Collingwood would overrun us, but um, yeah, the, uh, the way we gusted out in that fourth
0: quarter was uh, just amazing. Keys, as late as when Majacek kicked the goal to go up, six minutes left, Majacek has kicked a goal to put Collingwood in front and I thought, you know what, really good effort, I was pleased with the game bit shitty with the umpiring at parts, which tells you I was actually invested in the result. I thought, well, you know what? Proud effort and all of that crap. Nut nah, the Eagles go straight out of the middle. Willy Rioli goals. Who else? I think Waterman kicked a goal. Darling kicked a goal from that point on. And in the end, 10-14-74 plays 14 goals, three behinds. 87. The supremely accurate Eagles get a much-needed victory case.
2: Yeah, probably, um, you know, our accuracy and their inaccuracy... Probably, uh, probably helped. But you know, as I say, bad kicking is bad football. So sucks shit plays, and yeah. you know, and I mean, fourteen threes accurate kicking. But then we we generated in that last quarter. We we generated our shots from, for the most part, from pretty good positions. Um, I'm and trying to work Colin out where to pull lot the of stats
0: from because I don't think we had that many from open play. I know Waterman kicked one from open play, but beyond that, they were all really good set shots. No,
2: in uh, yeah. In the second quarter, I was watch i was speaking to guys before, and I watched the replay again last night. In the second quarter, all five goals were from marks, and yep. all from, you know, a couple of them were like Langdon's was was from probably 45 out, which surprised that the actually made the distance from there. Um, so was I. Yep. Um, but they were all they were all pretty close to um, in front, like. Uh there was Langdon's, Nash, uh Edwards. Yep. Uh, who else kicked goals in the second? We uh, had a couple throughout the game. Ryan, really Ryan got one from that really good pass from Langdon. Yep. Um,
0: and, Kennedy's, and Kennedy kicked three. One was from open play, which was a really good snap. The other two yep. were a complete piss take. So if you want to say what set shots we wrote our luck on, the other two were... I
2: think the one, the one that Kenny kicked one in the second quarter when he was on near the um, boundary, forty-five meters in the second quarter. Never going to miss. Um, But you know, and I think the good thing about the um, the win was it it saved us from a from a couple of sort of unwanted stats. Uh, Mm. It stopped our losing streak at eight, which means we've still got the the lowest consecutive loss streak in the in the league um, and the only one not to have conceded till more than 10 losses in a row um, and there was another one I saw from Swamp Thing on a tweet um, I think when Port Adelaide were 8-8 eight eight the other week I think it meant that there was only us and one other club or I can't remember who have never been 8-8 eight eight ever
0: Possibly Geelong, just having a guess. But yeah, yeah, it might we're... have been Geelong,
2: but it was only it was only us and one other one. But it's yeah, you know, like Swap Things, he um, comes out with some pretty good bizarro stats at times. <laughs> yeah. and, um, for anyone who's on Twitter and doesn't follow him, he's the he's the second best Twitter account uh, behind the Big Footy West Coast Eagles Pod. <laughs> so if you're <laughs> not perfect. following him, follow him. You're um, putting him ahead of
1: both of us, are you?
2: Yeah, he, oh, sorry guys.
0: Yeah. He churns out some good content. Let's say that. Um, um, look, so a, yeah, so we
2: avoided those two stats. So that's because uh, I, I thought for sure once, um, uh, yeah, that we were going to end up on the bottom. But uh, mm. you know, good old Port looking after our second round draft pick, um, holding up the bottom on the ladder. Good on them.
0: Good lads. Hey, jump in the comments, guys, as well, because we had a lot of great stuff happening on Saturday obviously after the game and people were loving it. Uh, I'll go through some reviews, but Migs, I'll start with another Swamp Thing stat because Keys has just reminded me there. This is the most recent time that no player in a team was on a consecutive streak of more than six games. So that is to say, I think Luke Foley has currently played the most consecutive games for the Eagles. He's played six in a row. Here are the last times that a club's best was six in a row. Us in round four, us in round two, uh, previous time it happened, Miguel, round six, 1897. Carlton had yeah. that happen to them. So
2: it for was it, a pretty... It, for unexpected... the historians playing at home, 1897 was the first season of the AFL, of AFL. So... And how much did the they time, charge you for
0: your membership case?
2: The only time it's... Uh, yeah, no. It, I, was play, <laughs> I was playing Subiaco membership back then. Um, the only time there hasn't been a player with less than six consecutive games in a side was when the competition first started. They hadn't got the six games yet.
0: Incredible. Incredible stat. But, you know, the Eagles keep on trucking and and Migs, everybody's happy for it. I'll go through some reviews in a bit, but it was just, I mean, it was a great day on Twitter. It was a great day on Facebook. It was a great day on the couch because we didn't expect much coming in as we discussed last week. You mentioned Xavier O'Neill as somebody to keep an eye on and he's turned in a really nice performance. Definitely, I would say, his career-best performance. You'd have to be pretty yeah. happy with that one.
1: Um, yeah, I think I predicted him for 20-plus touches and a goal, so he didn't mention it in the scoreboard, so that's a bit disappointing.
0: Um, oh. Yeah,
1: did, uh, I think led us in clearances with Nick Nat. Um, just, yeah, took the responsibility on and um, and really um, yeah, it looked like he belonged at AFL level, so it's great. And if he, if he gets dropped this week for all the returning mids, I'm going to be really pissed off. Um yeah, great game from him. Um, great game. There's a lot of a uh, lot of the kids played really well. I thought um, Luke Edwards in the the three quarters he did play before he got injured uh, was really good. Brady Hoff um, looks super, um, super, super um, assured down back for a guy that's played what, three or four games
0: and aggressive, aggressive. He tries to intercept yeah. everything.
1: Yeah. Um, really poised as well. It was a moment where I think he had to sort of kick across goal, uh, defensive goal in the last quarter and he um, sort of took his time and, and picked out a teammate. So, yeah, just um, fantastic game from well, all, all the guys that played really.
0: Yeah. I mean, a few names jumping out as well. It's guys we've talked about before in terms of Patrick Nash. Great. It, it Nash. was a piss take that we got him for free. It, a month ago, or, you know, six weeks ago now probably, he's training for another club. That's Unbelievable. 23 disposals, super aggressive with his kicking. He stopped just kicking the leather off it, but he's surgical. He's, you know, pulling out all these Didn't trick look, kicks. and
2: Just jump on Nash. I read a yeah. thing. There was something. I can't, apparently, uh, St Kilda weren't sure whether or not to offer him a contract while he was training with them. Mm. And the club sort of said, we'll, we'll hold it. Brett Ratton's gone to training on Monday morning. And said, "Where's Nashi? With a contract <laughs> in his hand, rung the manager and said, "Where's Nashi? And he said, "He's over the nullable. <laughs> that's a great story. So,
1: uh, I, uh, I don't know if it's a true
0: story or not. But fuck that. It is true. That's yeah. true. It's true. I'm calling it now. 100% true. true absolutely uh i'm looking through the disposal numbers Witherden was our best obviously had some kickouts there you know factoring into that but a nice game from him still putting a few on the floor we got to talk about the kickouts at some point this season o'neill we've discussed Nace, we've discussed redden the only senior head in the midfield and quietly went about his business but keys the next name on this list 22 disposals eight marks five rebound 50s he is tied for second in the AFLCA Champion Player Award. He's easily our best player of the season through a month. Jeremy McGovern has turned back into the version of Jeremy McGovern we paid. He made Collingwood change their game plan. He was picking off everything. I think he had four or five intercept marks in the first quarter, and suddenly they had to completely revamp what they were trying to do. The benefit of Gov for me, Keyes, is not that he picks everything off, although that's great. It's that you come in with a plan, and this version of Jeremy McGovern at least completely ruins it, have a go at, you know, quarter time. You've got to change your plan.
2: Yeah, uh, he's um, he, he's back to his absolute best. And I was trying to think what might have triggered it. But one thing, I, um, there was vision of the coach's box and it reminded me Daniel Pratt was sitting next to Simo in the coach's box. Now, um, Daniel Pratt was the backline coach up until the end of 2019, and then at the end of that season, they Jimmy they switched all the roles around, and I think uh, Jamie, Graham, Jamie Graham ended up backline coach in 2020 and 2021. Brady's mm. um, come back in, back into looking after the backline, and I just wonder whether um, him coming back and taking control of the backline again has, has helped Gov because him and him and and uh, and old mate, sexual are uh, <laughs> you know they're back they're back to that sort of tandem, real dangerous tandem that uh, you know they were um, as as possibly the best defensive pairing going around at their at their peak, and you know if they can both stay healthy and and everything like that, they'll. Um, they'll challenge again for that position, I think.
0: And it's been a discussion as to whether they can sort of coexist in the same back line. We talked about maybe is it a crossover of roles. You have a Harry Edwards type in there. He just spoils everything. And, you know, Barast, does he go the spoiled? Does he go the intercept? What does Gov do with that? Who cares? Who cares? On the weekend, it looked fantastic. You know, Collingwood don't exactly have the tallest timber in the world to kick to, but we made them look silly. And in the end, they started just putting it to the turf and trying to run Gov around. Uh, I think they swapped Jamie Elliott onto him at some point and tried to make him follow him up the field and all this nonsense. He wasn't having any of it. Gov, fantastic game. Willie Rioli was the star of the show at the other end as well. So, I mean, you can run out of words talking about how much fun it is watching Willie play footy. Miguel, let's get into our buy, sell and hold for the game because, uh, you know, last week we talked about Xavier O'Neill as a potential candidate in your prediction. You you bang on with that, so we'll use that to lead into buy sell hold. Is there a chance he's your buy this week?
1: Uh, he was going to be, yeah. Now I'm feeling under pressure to try and pick someone else. Uh, he no, wasn't no, my okay. buy last week, was he? Um,
0: no, nah, 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 he's good. Good shout in the in the preview though.
1: Yeah, he um, yeah, as I said, just uh, you know, took on the took on the added responsibility. Um, really, sort of almost led the midfield. Redden was um, good, but a little bit quiet. Um, yeah, led us in, led us in clearances, led the midfield in possessions. Um, just made seemed to make good decisions with the ball. Just looked really assured and really hope that he uh, he is given another opportunity um, this week with uh, with probably Yo Shuey Kelly or some combination of that coming back.
0: A lot of people possibly coming back. some
1: other midfielders as well.
0: Yeah. yeah, there seems to be a few on the way. Uh, Keys, I think this is probably going to be your first crack at this one, so uh, I'll, I'll leave it to you now, give you the open floor. Of the players, you know, out of the game or, or coming into round five as the Eagles shape up, who would you like to most be buying stock in? Who do you think's good value at the moment?
2: Uh, I'm going to do a really speculative Bitcoin-type buy and uh, jump on Greg, Greg Clark. I read a tweet just before we came on that – Yeah. Um, it looks like he's gonna play this weekend and they said maybe not even waffle, he may be straight into the seniors. Now to be honest, I think that's probably bullshit because hmm. you know, I can't I can't really see with how many we've got coming like possibly coming back in, I don't think they're gonna risk a guy coming in off a shoulder injury to play his first game. But the fact that, you know, he hasn't been ruled out fit by the club apparently shows that you know they've got some pretty high hopes for him, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get in on the sub ground floor and um, buy some stock in Greg Clark before it uh, goes through the roof. There you go. Now
0: my buy last week was Jackson Nelson, and I'm pretty happy with that call in the end because he's wound up. Where is he? 16 disposals here, three rebound, 50s, one clearance. Whatever the stats don't jump off the page at you, particularly for a guy who played the wing, but. I thought he played amazing footy. Uh, I know he's a bit of a lightning rod for criticism, but (laughs) also the defensive winger role is a bit of a lightning rod for criticism as well. But I thought he played it beautifully. Seemed to spend some time on side bottom, seemed to spend some time on Dacos. They found a bit of the footy, maybe didn't do too much with it. And the level of running that I thought he was doing up and back, incredible stuff. You know, the pies kept trying to switch it over to the broadcast side. Jackson Nelson wasn't having any of it. Got involved in the forward line as well to set up Waterman for a goal. So, I was really happy with his game. So much so, gents, that I'm going to double down. I'm buying Jackson Nelson again. His stock has risen since last week and I still want more of it. I'm having a look at his career's game played list here. 11, 8, 13, 10, 13, 15, and 19. So he's been trending up in recent years, but 19 last season. And I reckon if healthy, he's shown he can play the wing. He's shown that he can do a job on the, you know, tagging. They're they're comfortable giving him that gig. If he's healthy, it might be as a back pocket who tags for a quarter, but I reckon he is going to play easily 19-plus games. I don't think you're going to see Jackson Nelson omitted for a little while. Now, you watch him get dropped this week, Migs, and uh, completely blow up in my face on that one. But nonetheless, we'll move on. Hold, guys, hold. You know, who, who are you not ready to jump on, not ready to jump off? Who's the guy that you're sort of just waiting to see a little bit more out of?
1: Do you want to go, Keys? While I still think of one. Uh, 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 okay.
2: um, holding, I'm holding on Jermaine Jones Oh you bastard, that was mine <laughs> <laughs> I right, uh, had Started off I think he played the first couple of rounds From memory um, Looked really good mm. um, Got in Been injured Uh he was in and about. He was sort of getting in amongst it a bit, but just yeah, you know, didn't have that sort of dash and and uh, fighting the footy that he had in in other weeks. So um, I still like him, but he's sort of whether it's injury related or or not, I'm not sure. But I'm just I'm just holding holding on to him. We do know his ferocity around the ball, though. I mean, he showed. Unfortunately, Elliot got tackled, but that was a mm. it was a really good chase down tackle. Mm. Um, and he's one of the guys that's not afraid, one of the guys in the midst that's not afraid to tackle. So he's got some good attributes, but he's he's probably on the on the borderline and missing out this week with all the guys coming back.
0: Peter, jumping in the comments to tell us that we're killing it, and I appreciate that feedback. Thank you, Peter. I've got Migs before I throw to your hold. Uh, an absolute ripping stat here. Bombard in the comments says, Nelson worked in tandem with the ghost of Hutchings to shut down Steel Sidebottom. What about this one? We've got our mate Huckleberry back in the chat. Huckleberry Gary Steve Blues is in the chat on Facebook. Here is the most games in the last 50 games for the West Coast Eagles. Darling 49, Gaff 47, Sheed 45, Shepard 44, and Kennedy also 44. Nat Nui 44. All your stars, all your best players, a few All-Australians, a few memorable moments. Jackson Nelson, 43, next on the list. He's only missed yeah, seven yeah. of our last 50 games. So it's a good stat and it makes me feel a little bit better about the decision to double down on Jackson Nelson. Uh, <laughs> Miggs, who are you just holding off of? One uh, holding off on one way or the other
1: this uh, week? I was probably going to go Jermaine Jones as well. I'll say um, Liam Ryan. I um, okay. don't think we've quite seen the absolute... Flying Ryan, that we saw in 2019, was his or 2020, was his all Australian year? Um,
0: 2020,
1: yep, 2020. Yeah, um, probably just learning how to play with Willie again. Um, we saw, aren't
2: we think, all. all? There's um, a title. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we saw Rioli, Ryan, and Jones, um, all in the same team for the first time uh, on the weekend. Hopefully, those three guys can work together, but. Yeah, Ryan. I think's just building into um, building into the season a bit. He's um, missed a few sort of goals that I think an absolutely flying Ryan would get. Um, his passing's just been fantastic, though, hasn't it? Um, yeah,
0: he's surgical just, with it. It's those snaps—that's yeah, so twice he's come those, up short on that snap from the pocket, which is odd.
1: Yeah, but the, just the kicks from sort of um, uh, the corner of the fifty, just to the um, directly in front of goal when. Uh, almost any other player would try and put it to the, either have a shot for goal, or if you're not going to shot, not going to um, shoot, put it to the top of the square, and he just takes the little, takes the extra second, mm. um, finds an open player at the top of the fifty and hits him. And uh, it was Doug in the other week, and it was Luke Edwards for his first goal um, on the weekend against Collingwood. So, yeah, that, it's fantastic to watch, and um, I, yeah, I'm holding him because I, uh, I don't think we've seen. His absolute best so far this season, but I think it's coming.
0: Yeah, fair enough too. Uh, June on Facebook says surely Rioli and Ryan are the most dynamic duo in the comp. It would have to be a fair shout. We've spoken about Willie Rioli after every game that he's played. Basically, I mean that was incredible that game. Even some good work up the field, great work around the goals as well. Beautiful, accurate kicking. So, But for the perhaps...
2: question. He doesn't know if Rioli, Rioli and Ryan are a duo. Yeah. He thought they were the same person.
1: Yeah, M- like
0: the Olsen twins.
2: <laughs> so, Has anybody ever actually seen him in the same place? You
0: can't say yeah. that. Nah, uh, Rioli, so Rioli, really fantastic. Migs, fair call there. Ryan, I think, has better days ahead of him in terms of that dynamic impact we've seen. Every time the Super Bowl ro- rolls around, Channel 7 posts some bullshit about, oh, what player would make the best quarterback and things like that. Probably Liam Ryan. Like that moment where Ryan was sat on the 50, the one you just talked about where he kicked to Edwards. He had about three seconds, good protection, good time in the pocket, just sat, watched, assess, where's it going, and then bang, on time and on target. I thought that was a really good kick from Liam Ryan. He's done it a few times. Uh, My hold is unfortunately going to be Xavier O'Neill, Just because, Miggs, you touched on last week, he seems as some sort of last chance option. You know, For whatever reason, not willing to give him a consistent goal on the ball, even when the numbers have been down. A great game. I'm not saying he's going to be dropped. I'm just saying I want to see more of it. Maybe, you know, do it again. Um, So, you know, if he he can back it up, I'd be the happiest man in the world because he really does need to. So, great game. Game one of hopefully many. So, that's my hold for the week. Uh, Keys, trending up, trending down. Who are you selling this week? Whose stock is at their lowest?
2: I reckon I'm going to pinch the sell from you two guys again and say uh, Jake Waterman
0: yeah that's a fair one uh, <laughs> that was mixed
2: just I like him but I just don't I don't see where he fits into the side um, mm. he's really he's just struggling to have an impact I mean he had you know he had a couple of moments and he got he had that moment last quarter he snapped that goal um he had one other one where he would have he probably would have kicked the goal because he took the mark, but they gave a free kick to Nash instead. Mm. Um, but he's just he's I think when he plays in the waffle, he's he's the first or second forward and yeah. he's the, the the main guy. When he comes into AFL, he's a fourth or even fifth banana in that forward line and he just he just struggles for opportunity. He doesn't, and he's not. He's not a natural crumbing player. He's a. He's a more a mark lead type player, and he, he just doesn't get the. He just doesn't get the opportunity with the likes of Kennedy and Darling and yeah you know, Ryan and Alan when he comes back. So, you know, I just don't. Um, I don't see where he comes back and. You know, we'll get to it later. But he's probably the the obvious guy to come out to um, put Crips into the side. Mm. Um, so yeah, sorry, Jake, but I'm I'm selling the snake oil. Come it's a good time to be selling snake oil. It's an election one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, nicely done. Some topical commentary in this one. Uh, Migs, it seems like Waterman was going to be yours. Do you want to go now, or do you want more time to bluff your way through another one? No. Uh,
2: oh
1: come up with a backup, I'll just say on Waterman, yeah, I agree with everything Keys said. Mm. Um, I said last week I'd be using him sort of in a more of a lead-up role, um, almost in the Crips role, you know, leading hard up to the wing, becoming an outlet, um, which they didn't do. They seemed to play the three guys um, deep forward, and, mm. yeah, he just he got lost. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, if they want to... If they don't want to use him in that sort of in the higher role next week and this week, and if Cripps is coming in, then I assume they won't be. Um, mm. then yeah, I, th- I think he's uh, unfortunately on the tackle block and Key's hit a little a bit as well. But yeah, with Cripps coming back and Alan coming back, and um, opportunities are going to become more limited for him. Um, having said all that, my sell then will be Zach Langdon um, for similar reasons. I, I think we saw a Really good game for him on the weekend. One of his best, yeah, big games. absolutely. He's been, in, he's been in good form, but I think he's one that's going to suffer for these guys coming back and, and Cripps in particular. because um, they do they play that similar role, they uh they cover a, a hell of a lot of ground. Um, and yeah, I think, um, as good as he's been, I think he's going to be one that's um uh, that's might find himself back in the waffle when we've got more of a team to choose from.
0: My cell is going to be short and sweet. It's an obvious one. Uh, Nick Natanui, he's injured. We'll use this to segue into the injury in, in just a moment. But his game was okay. There were a lot of people getting on his back on Big Footy when we were reading it, you know, watching along and reading the board as we were going. People need to get over the tank, even more so now that he's injured again. But people need to get over his tank. Oh, he can't run out X percent of game time. Okay. Well, he's 31, he's 32, however old he is. That's not going to change. I'm not asking anybody to like it, but get over it. Like it, it, He's not going to change. So you, what are you, you're saying we don't pick him? What's the solution? But now with that said, his game was mixed, had some moments where a cleaner version of Nick Nat probably would have just shoved his way through and gone himself. Still led the team in clearances, still had really crucial moments. He set up the goal. I think it was Rioli's goal that put us back in front, was perhaps the one that he set up. Uh, so, you know, he's still getting it done down yes. the stretch. Yeah, so there you go. But the the thing that confused me was that last couple of minutes, close game, uh, it was Dixon in the ruck rather than uh, Nick Nat. Obviously, guys, that's born from the injury. And we will talk about it in just a minute. But unfortunately, you're going to have to sell your Nick Nat stock now, I would suggest, and maybe rebuy it somewhere around the round 15 sort of mark, somewhere like that. Uh, Let's finish up on the Collingwood game, though. Any, Any final thoughts for me? The big things I liked out of it, aside from the win, obviously, Liam Ryan out of the goal square is a big tick for me. It always is and it always will be. It's a great mismatch. You should use it. Yeah. And just the run and carry. Really aggressive kicking into the middle, handballs from behind, handballing through the middle. There was a lot more emphasis to move the game on from the halfback flank rather than trying to go around the game and sort of work its way. In. So, that's sort of my parting thoughts, I suppose, on it. Uh, Keys, anything to farewell us from the Collingwood game?
2: I really like Dixon's game. Mm. really, really liked it and, and liked it more when I watched a, a replay for the second time he and I mean to sort of double down on what you sort of said about Nick I, I, I actually thought Dixon probably had more impact on the game than Nick did in a lot of ways his his, his work on the ground was really good um, if he wasn't getting the ball he was sort of bullocking away and getting in the road Um. For a big guy's his disposal is pretty is pretty solid. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, he, he sort of kicked into the corridor a couple of times. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really like Dixon's game. I think, out of all the thing, I mean that for him and the other guy that um, yeah you know, wasn't a club two months ago, we mm. picked up a couple of really really solid players who. I think right now if, if we if you had a if you picked a a best 22 from a fully fit list I think they're both in it mm, absolutely yeah it's a fair so point. um yeah I, I, I actually really did like Dixon's game I thought he he played really well
0: uh lots of nice comments coming in as well I'm throwing them up on the screen as I see them uh but probably too many to read out but thank you guys for getting the comments coming through it's uh Big win, obviously. MIG's people are up and about, so you like to see that. you got more people in the feed. Love seeing that. What did you like seeing on Saturday? And then we'll wrap things up from the Pies game.
2: Yeah,
1: the uh, the different game style, which um, you touched on then, and I'm hmm. surprised it's taken us that long to get onto it because yeah. that was really noticeable at the game. It was fantastic to watch, wasn't it? But, but, yeah, we were running past and um, beer, beer. Keys needs a beer.
0: Kim, um, Keys needs a beer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully we've seen the last of that you know, stalling.
2: stop-start
1: mm-hmm. It was um, it was great to watch. And it's only going to get better as um, you know, players get more confident in those kicks, you know, the, the short 45 kicks to open uh, open the game up. And um, there was one passage in particular that I think was in the second quarter and Fox um, sort of harped on it at halftime. The... Uh, kick from I think Redden to Foley to Ryan probably.
0: Just sort oh, of diagonally across flank. the across yeah. the
1: square. Yeah. Yeah. Um that was yeah just perfectly executed and that's what we want to see more of
0: right let's leave it there on the Collingwood game. We'll go through the news that we've heard this week. Uh let's start with Nick because I sort of brought it up a minute ago. MCL injury, no surgery. He's going to do rehab. And Ryan Daniels has said that 12-odd weeks, he's targeting the back end of the season. There's a discussion here about what does that mean for the Eagles. I think for a team that had higher aspirations, there would be more of a discussion to be had. Because at the moment, we're building for the future. We're seeing what we've got. To be honest, at the moment, we're just fielding the list that we can. But this season is going to be more about learning, I think, than... You know, all guns blazing and really go for it in terms of top four or finals or whatever you want to talk about. The club do need to learn how to play without him, and Keys, it looks like, unfortunately, they're going to get a chance to learn that uh, over the next two, three months.
2: Yeah, we get, yeah, um, was it silver linings and crisis creating opportunity? Um, we get to see, um, we get to see Bailey Williams can lead the rock division. Mm. So that's, you know, that's what we we know. Can he stand up? Can he become the rap? And if he can't, Luke can't pronounce his name, Stranatica. Stranatica. Um, you know, every likelihood he, he, he gets an opportunity at some stage. Um, so we get to see those two guys. We get, so we get to see what, what we can do, we get the midfield can maybe. I think um, over the last two years, I reckon the midfield at times has been lazy, relying on Nick mm. to feed them. Mm. Yeah. Um, or just win it
0: himself, by the way, lead the pump yeah, in clearances. So, yeah, you know, they have to
2: work. They're going to have to work harder to win their footy. Um, so they'll have to learn to adapt, and and then also the, the knock-on effect is we've got a. A young guy, um, there's probably going to be playing waffle for the rest of the year, barring um, another COVID outbreak. Who, in Cal Jamerson, mm. um, with you know at least one of Bailey, uh, Bailey Williams or Stranicker playing in the in the seniors, Jamison's going to get an opportunity at waffle level to um, develop his skills in the ruck, which is you know that's important. He's still a young guy, and he hasn't had. Twenty twenty was a whitewash for him because basically the the backups played no footy, and then last year he still didn't get that many goes at it either. I mean, it was a pretty fucked up season for the waffle side. Um, so he gets he gets a go to maybe um, play a bit of dime in the ruck at at waffle level and um, start to develop. We get to see we get to see what he what he might be able to produce at that level as well. So, mm. um, you know, we get to see what our backups are like. And and given the, the noises about us possibly chasing Tim English, we um, we get to which I don't I don't want I don't want him at the club. But we get to see whether or not he's a um, how pressing a need he may or may not be. But I don't want him. It's a right. good
0: it, it's a good point in terms of how pressing a need that is because we've seen that... I mean, Sydney, for example, got Tom Hickey in on the cheap and we know that there was always that dilemma with us in terms of can he play the second fiddle ruck? He's much more suited seemingly to playing that lone hand kind of ruck approach. So we need to figure out what the knick succession plan is. It's been forced upon us. Uh June in the comments has asked, who have they picked to replace Nick Nat this week? Look, teams aren't out, but Migs, you'd have to say it'll be probably Bailey Williams and and thank God for Hugh Dixon at the moment. Uh, But John in the chat also saying, what about Harry to the ruck? Harry Edwards. We've seen him pinch hit typically in preseason, but here and there in the ruck. Is it Shannon Hearn maybe starts to come out? Harry Edwards gets a little bit more footy into him and might pinch hit behind Dixon, behind Bailey Williams.
1: Um, I might use that as a segue into the Waffle Scratch match that um, was on Saturday morning. Fire away. Uh, and Harry Edwards, I thought, was our best player. Um, he, but playing almost the McGovern role or, or the Barris role um, with a little bit in the first half of sort of pinch hitting in the ruck, um, Sternatica did sort of did the majority of it. Um, Bailey Williams and Cal Jamison both played forward. Um, Bailey Williams coming out of the square pretty much, and, and Jamison's half forward, um, and yeah, Edwards did a little bit of rucking, uh, and then the second half Williams sort of um, took over the, the second ruck role, and, and Harry mm. didn't go in there. So he did a bit of it then. Um, competed well, I, yeah. He's uh, he's got the size for it. Um, I don't know if he's got the he's got the height for it. I mean, I don't know if he's got the the bulk for it. Yeah, that's, that's an option. Um, I wouldn't be asking him to do any more than uh, we're currently asking Hugh Dixon to do in that you know the second role. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think he could come in and lead the ruck. So I don't think we could be going with uh, you know, Dixon and, and Edwards. Um, but yeah, he'd, he'd certainly be an option. Um, Jamison did not ruck at all that I could see in that game. And it, it's weird that he was drafted as a ruckman, and they don't seem to like to ruck him, or they're concentrating on developing him um, in other it's roles. The next
0: lockdown full? What are we talking
1: about? Yeah, well, he was playing center half forward on the weekend. He didn't. Um, <laughs> he didn't ruck. Uh, we saw in the North Melbourne
2: game. He'll be a defensive wingman next.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's about <laughs> the only place they haven't played him. Um, Hello, Jared. The, the North Melbourne game, they played um, played him at full-back and they mm. uh, had. Um, Jack Williams who is uh, younger and probably just as skinny um, and shorter in the uh, in the backup ruck role behind um, Bailey Williams so yeah a bit of a weird one with Javison I don't know they don't seem to have found a role for him and they don't seem to want it to be ruck so um, maybe that'll change now but obviously that game took place Saturday morning and then uh, the, uh, the Collingwood game was Saturday afternoon when that got injured so Mm. maybe Maybe
0: there's the impact I guess I'm worried about not worried about, I'm curious about is what it does to the mids because he has carried that division for so long and we've known it, obviously injury interrupted over the last few years but that's not going to change anytime soon at the moment, so you know Nick Nat's been our best clearance player, he's been our best ground ball midfielder which is bizarre and fantastic and I love him and it's earned him two all Australian blazers but it's time for even a guy like Shuey might be moving on, so it's time for the Yo's and the Kelly's and eventually Sheed or Keyes if it's a Greg Clark, if it's a Luke Edwards, whoever it is, Xavier O'Neill, Guys getting a crack at the ground ball, doing all the dirty stuff and not just relying on the best athlete on the field to go and do it for them. Uh, beyond that, in terms of moving into the news and the injury news, we'll uh, get us into our Swans preview as well. Ryan Daniels has said that Yo, Cripps, Kelly and Sam Piotrowski-Seaton, another midfielder worth watching with all of this, they will all play for the Eagles on Friday night if they get through training this week. Luke Shuey will return and Oscar Allen is at least another week away. So with all of that said, gents, I reckon we get into our preview with the Swans. The Eagles are playing the Swans. Good Friday, footy. Last time that happened, Keys. We played Port Adelaide in the rain. Petch kicked five, and Port Adelaide won by a mile. So uh, a tough one this week. Sydney are a good team. They're in pretty good nick. But the Eagles riding a win, coming back home, seemingly getting some stars back and certainly some more afl grad talent. Where are our expectations now
2: going into this one? Yeah, yeah. we owe Sydney. We owe them mm-hmm. big. Yeah. We owe them absolute, an absolute belty, whether that happens or not. Race has been seen. Um, there's some, can't remember what round number it was, 14 or 15, but the game against the Bulldogs, there's some, I'm saying getting some um, PTSD from, from that round where we, you know, came off against a, a really, really uplifting win against Richmond. I think that put us at 7-5 or 8-4 for the season at the time and, you know, we thought, oh, here, here we come! Here comes our run at top four, and we had yep. Kelly and McGovern and Yo all coming back into the side. We're up, and we're full of beans, and we got fucked over badly by the Bulldogs. Um, and all those names on paper meant jack shit, and the mm. the effort and everything like that that was where there the previous two weeks against Colton and Richmond just evaporated, and and it was and. And our season never ever recovered. So, as much as it's great to see, you know, those names sort of coming back into the mix, um, I, I sort of have, I have those concerns that, you know, Simpson himself has said that, you know, the names look good on paper coming back in, but the reality was they weren't right and, and, and they messed up and, you know. It, I really hope we're not quite a case of history repeating itself here where we we get seduced by the names and and go all right let's bring them all back in and on the back of a really good gutsy win that was the player showed a heap of spirit and then we get the you know the big names back and sort of waltz into the team because they're magically ready to play again and and we lose. We lose all that heart and effort that we had the previous week and the, the guys that bust their gut on the fringe all of a sudden look at it and go, well, what the fuck am I doing? Because, you know, I bust out and then I'm out in the side for a guy that, you know, doesn't give a fuck. I mean, well, I'm not saying – but that's that's the concern. So it's, you know, there's it's good if, if one those guys are actually properly fit Um, You know, if they're they're 100% or or somewhere close to it, then great. Um, But also I hope they've sat down and watched that game on the weekend and seen the guys like West and O'Neill and Edwards and Hoff and these guys who are on the fringe of the side absolutely busting their gut. And especially Mm. that last quarter, um, you know, those last five or ten minutes, it was those... It was a lot of those sprint players that were putting their body on the line and and driving the and driving the game. So those, if they come back fully fit and they play with the same sort of passion as the blokes they're replacing, well, they're great. But you know that's that's got to be a non-negotiable. Mm. Because if wow. it's not, they're not they're not they're not in the
0: side. I think that's been the vibe, the query, whatever you want to call it, that's been the thing that Eagles fans have been considering for the longest. Migs, I know during the week you tweeted about, I think it was in fact that same Tigers uh, yeah. dogs game, but yeah. it's, a, it's a phenomenon we know all too well is that you get seduced by the names and you go, right, this guy's in, this guy's in, this guy's in, and maybe they're underdone and maybe it rocks the boat. Uh, Anthony in the chat saying two to three changes he was hoping for, but five to seven is dangerous. It sounds like we're going to go with the five or, you know, five, six, seven, something like that. You've got guys like Yo that at least played Waffle. You know, uh, Shuey has been building to this for some time. There was even talks of round one. So I'm sure he's yep. ready by now. Some of these other guys, though, uh, petresky seaton I really like, great bit of value. But John says that maybe he hasn't earned the auto-inclusion status. That's fair to say coming That's off a win. Arguable,
1: yeah, Cripps you know, is the Crips, one I'm really worried about.
0: Um, I agree. The,
1: I know he's had a a peck injury, so he's been able to keep up his running, but he won't be, you know, match-hardened, uh, no. and we've we'll we'll see, seen we'll him see. come in and be fumbly, um, mm. yeah, when he's rusty, so...
0: Now, yeah, counterpoint, does know, he, know, he offer, offer more than Waterman act? did? So, it's, it's, wow. I know it's a balancing act, but... Yeah.
1: Does, does he offer it's more a lot than of a changes.
0: You can't sit and yeah, bemoan, and just, I know 14's yeah. a piss-take, but you can't bemoan how many changes we were forced to make, and then voluntarily make 5, 6, seven changes. 5's Cutting it, and anything beyond that is you're unsettling it for the sake of it.
1: I suppose the other thing we don't know is whether any any of these changes, other than Nick, Nat and, and Edwards are going to be forced. Um, mm. you know, for all we know, there could be another three guys out under health and safety protocols. So, um, yeah, we uh, I suppose that's um, that's one factor we haven't really considered. But uh, if it's not that, if we do have you know um, seven, six or seven guys coming in, and um, two forced outs and four unforced outs, then uh, then those four guys are going to be um, they're going to be justified in feeling really really sorry for themselves, and mm. um, they're going to be right to be angry if we get the same sort of performance from those um, uh, underdone guys coming in that we saw against uh, the Bulldogs last year. Uh-
0: We've got a comment here saying, are we running out games better by having so many midfield rotations as opposed to five guys doing all the work? And I think, especially on the weekend, it was a matter of anybody who had legs was going get to a, get a run in the middle at some point. Anyone who had anything left in the tank. The Myercheck goal that put Collingwood in front, well, Duggan was actually the one that got the clearance. And I don't have the centre-bounce attendance numbers with me. But I suspect it was his first centre-bounce appearance of the day. Maybe it was, you know,
2: second, I third think,
0: or
1: something like that. But I think that
2: Duggan, was five. went on ball yeah. when Edwards came off.
1: And, Rofen and Rofen came right. in. So went back.
2: Right. Okay, there I, think you go. It's so the, I
1: um, that up. I think it's the, the return of Rioli uh, and mm. playing guys like Rioli and um, Petrovsky-Seaton, who's played sort of forward mid, and uh, I don't think Ryan's called him there yet, but... Um, Jones as well being able to rotate those guys playing yes. forward mid rather than last year we had basically I think six mids and that was it and we just rotated those six mids through um, yeah uh, whoever made that comment uh, Huck, uh, um, that
0: yeah. was our boy
1: Huck yeah has uh yeah has hit the nail on the head there I think I think um, yeah being able to share that load a bit better uh, I I'd,
2: I'd like to think <laughs> that I'd like to think that's the perhaps the influence of Knights and Schofield coming in as coaches. That, mm, okay. You know, okay. we've got a we've got to beef up our numbers running through the middle. Um and you know, even with those guys coming back in, you know, we do need to roll more guys through there. Um and I think it points to a a bit of a dilemma on the horizon with long coming fit. I think we've looked better with just Brass and McGovern down back and just Darling and Kennedy up forward. Mm. And then... That, that with sort of Ryan out of the and, square. You know, we've sort of run with the six six talls. Um, we've got a dilemma on the right, like I said, with Alan coming back in. That he sort of adds another tall, But I think I think it's been important that, you know, that Col- the Collingwood game is... We were the ones that finished stronger. Because mm. um, we had guys sort of... You know, running out, and we had you know, probably without giving it too much thought, we probably had ten guys run through the midfield at different times throughout the game. Um, we've got we've got to maintain that, and we've got to, you know, if it means that we we throw Yo down to half back at some stage, and you know, Shelby and Kelly spend some bit of time playing as that high half forward, we've got a we've got to roll with those things. We've got to place fate, like if we. If we keep X, X on in the side, you know Don't just sacrifice him and just throw him on half wall flank and say, mm. Yeah, good luck, champ. Stay sit out there and fucking stay out of the way. It's like
0: And get eight touches and get dropped. See put you later. some faith in the
2: kid yeah. and say, look, we're gonna throw you in center bounces, we're gonna we we're, we're gonna let you sort of try and target some rack some ruck taps and um we're gonna put faith in you. You've shown he's shown against Collingwood, he's You put the faith in me, you can reward it. So Mm. fucking maintain it, for Christ's sake.
0: Old mate, Huck is just championing uh, championing the way here with the stats in the chat. So fantastic. Thanks to have the own personal stat man on hand here. Center bounce attendances against Collingwood, here we go. So Nick Nat had 21 and Dixon had 7. That leads me to believe there were 28 center bounces throughout the game. Redden took 23. And then beyond that, guys, Exxon had 13, was our next highest true midfielder, not a ruck. Uh, Luke Edwards, 12 JJ had 10 West had 10 Rioli, 10 Duggan, 4 Nelson, 2 They're divvying it up And you can say needs must at the moment They're just trying to bluff their way through But we've seen with guys like Shuey There has been a, a clamouring for him to become a half forward That spends a few shifts in the middle Rather than an out and out mid Even just to protect his body okay. Yo, I so understand he's that ball and you want him in there But you know all these guys coming off the long layoff We need to back in the guys that we
2: have so far as well that's that's rotating. quick count my mass. Mm. That's eight different guys. Aside from Rucks, that's eight different guys who've rotated through the center. That's what you need. Mm. You know, mm. you need that, and we probably you, you look through that. This there's probably no there's probably no more than eight players we could have actually rolled through there. Mm. Um, well, when you start
0: getting to the Duggins, which is not a knock on him, I don't yeah. mind it as a sort of glass break the glass in case of emergency, but. The plan is never for Jackson Nelson and Liam Duggan to be your midfielders. Not, not at the moment, you know.
2: No.
0: Um, Migs, let's park the chat about will they, won't they in terms of the number of changes. Let's just assume that, all right, we're taking it as red. Ryan Daniels is usually pretty good. So SPS is going to play. Tim Kelly's going to play. Elliot Yo's is going to play. Luke Shuey's going to play. That's suddenly Greg a Clark's very... Say again? Greg Clark's oh, going
1: to play. Yeah.
0: Greg Clark's apparently going to play. <laughs> <laughs> um, It's a very different-looking Eagles team. The back line last week was very strong on paper already. Forward line, pretty strong on paper already. Midfield, on paper, all the caveats, I know. Looking pretty good. And this is a Sydney team that, look, they've played some good footy this year, but their most recent game, SCG, they scraped past North Melbourne by 11 points. And okay, North Melbourne probably played the game of the season and really tried to take it up to them. But it's not a fantastic sign. They've also lost Buddy Franklin. They're down a Ruckman... You know, I've got Laddams as well, as a, probably a better ruck option than we've got at the minute. But the down hickey from a couple of weeks ago as well, a little bit th- unsettled for Sydney. Are they in form, all this? Are you getting any sort of hopes up, or where, where do you sit?
1: Oh, yeah, look, they're gettable. Um, hmm. Someone asked if, uh, if Sportsbet or whoever had the market right. I think they do. I think we're still outsiders. Um, yeah. But,
2: yeah, definitely. The last I, mean, I saw, we were about 250 and Swans were... Yeah. In. $1.75,
0: something like that. We were 4.30 against yeah, Collingwood, four. boys, and
1: we had a win, so don't worry yeah. about it. So we have we a much better chance than we were against Collingwood. Um, yeah, they're, they're definitely gettable um, for all the reasons you said. Yeah, the, the big question is going to be the midfield and how our midfield goes um, with those guys that are potentially underdone, you know, depending mm-hmm. on how many of them we play and also how they go. Uh, rucking to Bailey Williams and Hugh Dixon instead of Nick And it may be, um, may be a bit of a driver for them, to be honest, that um, you know, they can't rely on uh, Nick Nat giving them the, the you know, taps down mm. the throat, so they actually have to watch Madams and where he taps it or uh, you know, watch their opponent and try and beat their opponent to the ball rather than uh, rely on the ruckman giving it to them. And uh, In that way, it might be a bit of a, a sign of the future because... Whoever we, uh, whoever we have as our number one ruck post nick whether that's Bailey Williams or Tim English or whoever, they're, they're not going to be able to rely on that silver um, service because I don't think there's anyone really out there that uh, can do it the way that Nick Nat does it.
0: I am very late to this party, but I watched the dogs the other night and apparently I'm the last person in the world to realise this, so apologies if this is old, old news, but uh, Marcus Bontempelli was the designated ruckman, not just the yeah. taps around the ground and not just here or there. He was their backup. We're going to him to ruck the footy. I already had no faith in Tim English, and I'm sorry if you're exposing your you, Rolls-Royce midfielder as your ruck. Yeah. Luke Beveridge we know is tapped in the head, but apparently he's even more tapped in the head than I knew. Uh, case, talking about the forward structure, Kennedy didn't get a lot of touches, but did plenty with him. Jack Darling, I mean, his last five minutes even gave you hope. He had a nice game and he's been building, but even his last five minutes, a couple of strong marks, kicked a good goal from a nice drop punt as well, tough angle. That's starting to look a bit better. Rioli we love. Ryan we're expecting good things from. There's something here with the forward line that if we can break even in the middle at Optus, we know these guys are capable of being really clean with it and kicking a good score.
2: Yeah, well, I think, you know, we've had a We've had a shitty start to the season And our numbers have been down And things like that But you start to look at it now And At back back six The only best 22 Clear best 22 player we're missing from the back half Is Cole Mm. Who's Probably Seventh pick in our back You know the old 787 Selection model He's probably seventh pick so, he's the only, so the rest The rest, our back line is You know First pick back line um, With Cripps coming back into the forward line We think We're only really missing Allen From our You know a Best case forward line mm. um, And now it, Nat Noo is a huge loss We've covered that Apart from that, it's only then Gaff and Sheed that we're missing from from the middle. And I think mm. right now Gaff and Sheed are fifth and sixth mids. Yes. Um, and I'm personally I'm putting Nash ahead of Gaff anyway. So okay. yeah. where you know in terms of on paper we're as close to as full strength as just about any other side really. So, um, yeah, we we sh- we should be we should be expecting internally. We should expect him to be like right in this game, you know, really deep.
0: You guys are going to talk me into this. You're going
2: to talk me into this. <laughs> <dear God. laughs> um, you know, I, I mean, you know, Sydney are missing they're missing Franklin and they're missing Hickey. I don't know. I don't know enough about Sydney to know who else they're missing. Um, but you know,
1: happily, I think.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, well, so that's, well. you know, that's they're missing more from their forward line than what we are. Mm. So, you know, we we're going to be we're going to be rusty, and we're not. We haven't had the continuity, and we haven't had that game time and the training time together, and things like that to sort of be as cohesive as I'm sure we the coaches would like. So, you know, and there's going to be, you know, some question marks on our ability to run out the game and guys coming back from injury and COVID and what have you. But, um, you know, we're a, we're a show in this game, and if and if if the noises from the club pre season were that, you know, we reckon we're a crack at making finals and and challenging. Well, then. I can show it on the weekend because that's where we should be at. Oh, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily Christ. mean we should be winning, but
0: we should be pu- if we don't win, we should be pushing them all the way. 20-point yeah. uh, win, a 30-point win, an 11-point loss and an 11-point win for Sydney. So they've yet to blow a side away. Let's use this to segue into our tips. We'll uh, We'll bring things home. It's been a long show. We've had a fair bit to cover in this shortened week. But, Miguel, you can lead off. Is this the week that Sydney get a big blowout win? Is this the week that the Eagles announced that they're officially back and there's a lot more to be excited about than we thought? What's the pass mark for you for this week? Who who are you expecting to play well? Give us the full rundown. What do you think is going to happen on Saturday? On Friday? Good Friday. Thank God. Yeah,
1: good Friday. Um, I don't think this will be the week that they get the blowout win. Um, Okay. I think we will hang in there at least uh, because it's unacceptable not to be. and, yeah, I think the, the players, the morale seems up and about. Um, you know, the, I think June mentioned in the chat that the, the club's been um, really positive in the way that it's dealt with all of the um, the really unprecedented obstacles that have uh, mm. befallen it in the first month of this season. Uh, mm. And the morale seems good. You saw um, you know, players getting around Darling when he kicked goals, getting around Luke Edwards when he kicked his first, getting around Nash, so... Um, the team seems really buoyant. Um, hopefully, that'll uh, stay the same even without Nick that out there, because we know that they um, they walk a little bit taller whenever he's on the field with them. Um, but you know, Rioli being around the team seems to be, you know, it's a boost as well. So yeah, um, Keys might have talked me into tipping us as well.
0: Oh so, God, uh,
1: here we go yeah, pick us by twelve um, points, not goals. Right. And yeah, if we can uh, win this week uh, We've got Port next week um, At Adelaide They're not travelling well That's almost an 8 point game for us Because of the, the draft pick we've got from them um, mm. So Yeah, win, win this week Beat Port next week And we're 3-3 three and three, and the season is well and truly back on track So yeah, picking there us by go. 12 um, Best of field Oh, oh. Naish, I'll pick Naish again. Um, um, we'll feel a bit that his spot's under threat, even though it shouldn't be, um, with all these guys coming back and, and Gaff probably a week away. So he'll uh, yeah, have the best game of his AFL career, which he's probably been doing for the last four weeks. I think he's been great. Uh,
0: for myself, I have absolutely been talked around to this. This is, uh, you know... I was coming into this. I've been pessimistic by my standards. I've been borderline, you know, comatose with all this club and their prospects this year. But I tell you what, I'm getting talked into it. I, I do not and have not thought they were gonna win, but I'm I'm pretty stirred by all of this concept. So you know what? The team looks healthy. Forward line looks great, back line looks great, midfield on paper looks nice, we'll wait and see what it looks like in reality. We do owe the swans. Crowds up and about. Yeah, okay, fine. Fine. Fine, the Eagles are going to win. By how much I don't know and I don't care, but they're going to win. If they win by half a point, I'll be happy. And Liam Ryan is going to be the guy to spearhead the way for the Eagles. Good We've call. talked about how surgical he is around the ground and his entry kicking and all this. Why not? Why not his time to completely just blow it open? Snaps and set shots and all that good stuff we know he can do inside 50 as well. So Liam Ryan to lead the way and somehow, some way, the Eagles are going to steal it. And I've had my hopes raised and... Let's just go from there. Keys, your tip for the weekend. All
2: right. These are, um, these are 5.8%, which. So we're going probably, to win by 58. So <laughs> it probably explains this Eagles by 58. <laughs> Greg, Greg, Greg Clark to win. Greg Clark to be best on ground and um, being himself a rising star nom. Done, perfect. And I know he's not fucking eligible for anyone who's watching, but... um, They'll bend the
0: rules. He'll be that good. If you get 40 touches, you can have it.
2: Best on ground. If it's not Greg Clark, it'll be... uh,
0: There's a surprising amount of consideration going into this. Liam
2: Ryan will stand on someone's head. um, Take of a year. Rioli kick goal of the year. Eagles by 58. Done. Easy money. Light work. And um, yeah, and uh, fuck yeah for June. He's my biggest and only fan.
1: (laughs) There you go. All right. Cracked it at you
0: last week. No, not yet. Not yet. I don't think we've got anyway. uh, How has Hoff not got a rising star nomination, by the way? The (coughs) Field has been think, competitive yeah. as hell this year. I don't like, think Horn Francis has got one, has he? Say again.
1: I don't think Horn Francis has
0: got one yet. Yeah, but he's no good. He got uh, no, this week. What did he get, get it it this get? week? No, uh, Rochelle's no, got um, one. Mick Martin's Rachel's got one. Yeah. And uh, Dacos got it and somebody else must have got it. So that means that this week it's Hoff's turn. Great show, lads. Got some nice positive comments coming here to close us out. It's been a long one. We might uh, park any of the other heroes and villains and all the usual staples of the show. We'll be back to two shows a week next week. Apologies on that one. That's the Easter schedule and the short week. Uh, one long show had to be the way to go this week, but we've had a lot of people in the chat. It's been a lot of fun. It's crazy what a, win, uh, what a win will do. Everybody's up and about. So, Miguel, thank you very much for jumping on once again.
1: Yeah, no worries. Keys, how long did it take you to get through that whole carton?
0: An hour. An hour. There you go. Um, Done. Yep. Light work.
2: See ya. Keys, thank Um, you very much. Fuck off, Gil, and don't let the door hit you on the way out.
0: Yeah, we might save that one for Heroes and Villains. June is asking where Heroes and Villains is. It's next week. I think we're going to have to push it. Already run an hour here, so we'll push it to next week. And a belated get stuff to Gil and McLaughlin as well. Uh, Lots of nice stuff coming through in the chat. Get involved. If you're listening to this one on Spotify or, or any of that stuff, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitch, we're on Twitter, we're on Bigfooty. Get involved, watch it live and have your say. But thank you very much for joining us. The Eagles are going to win by 58 points this week yeah. by Greg Clark's hand. And uh, it'll it'll be a very happy Easter for everybody. So stay oh, safe. A, um, we'll see you next week. And get, a, mix.
1: And a, get stuff to uh, Gabe from The Raw, who was going to be Villain of the Week if we'd done it.
0: Right, piss off, Gabe. We'll, you'll yeah. find out. This is some sizzle. You'll find find out why next week. Stay tuned. All right, bye. Bye next week. Bye for now. Fuck you, Gabe. Fuck you, Gil. Bye.